We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, hey there. How you doing today? It's it's a brand new day. It's a brand new show. I'm Sean Styers. We've got Bobby Hensley along for the ride today. How you doing there, Bobby? I'm doing terrific. How are you doing? <laughs> Feels like I haven't seen you in a week. It does, doesn't it? And it actually seems like it's, in some ways, it seems like this has been, it, it actually has been a very fast week. But at the same time, like if I compare it to uh, you know, the last week, you know, exactly a week ago at this time, it seems like it's been much longer <laughs> than that just with uh, all this but, stuff going on. And of course, it was it was our show last week, one mm-hmm. week ago today that, you know, all this craziness broke about USC and UCLA and and everything else. So we've been living with it for what going on eight days now. I guess. Well, and that's exactly it. It's like it broke during us. So like, it's like, okay, what it's going on, but now you've had a whole week to digest and think about what's going on. Right. So it's, it's a little bit different now that it's all settled a little bit as much yeah. as it can settle because it's still like, it almost leaves you thinking what could happen next. It does leave you thinking what could happen next. We've spent a lot of time talking about what could happen next this week. We're going to spend at least today kind of going down that road as well. You know, there's some interesting news popping up here and there. There's a report that we'll get to in a little bit. I don't know how much actual truth is to it, but before we get on to all that, I'll just give you, you know, my little spiel. Be sure to throw us a like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching live right now, it helps us out quite a bit. If you throw us a like, helps boost the channel, you know, rate, comment, wherever you get your podcasts and your listens and and, uh, you know, follow us as well. The, you know, the channel continues to grow and that is nothing but good for us. So, um, you know, I, again, like if you look <laughs> back to a week ago, all the initial outpour from around the country was, well, this is it. This is time for Notre Dame to join a conference. But here we are, you know, it's a week later. A week has gone by and the only real change so far is... The news that we had last week, USC and UCLA changing addresses. Nothing else has really changed. You know, Notre Dame still mulling its options in, in the landscape, and its first preference is the same preference that it had more, you know, for more than a century. Stay independent. Be independent. Yeah, as long as you can. And, you know, this is a podcast, so if you clicked on 
the podcast, you know what the uh, theme of the podcast is be is going to be the value of Notre Dame's independence. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, Big Ten and the SEC, or that you know they're they're kind of out there with with the big fat TV contracts and the revenue shares that they can throw at Notre Dame potentially, which would allow the Fighting Irish you know, to more than double their current TV revenue that they make from NBC and the agreement that they have with the ACC. But again, the question today, what is the value of Notre Dame's independence? I'll give Bobby a chance to chime in. Of course, if, you know, if you're, you're watching, listening online, you can kind of give us your take as well. I think it is a very subjective answer, though, because, you know, some things have a value far greater than money. Like, you remember Butch's watch in Pulp Fiction? You remember that, right, Bobby? Never saw Pulp Fiction. You've always given me crap for that. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Maybe we need to have a movie night. and You can, you know, just come over <laughs> and finally watch the seminal movie, you know, of one of the top filmmakers of the last 30 years, Pulp Fiction. Maybe, you know, by the way, did you lose electricity yesterday, too? You don't live that far from me. You're only a, a couple miles away. Were you guys, was your power out where you live? It got pretty hot, yeah. We yeah. lost power for a while, and it it kind of sucked. But yeah, I'm happy everything's restored so that I could join you today. Yeah, it was an adventure trying <laughs> to make the uh, trying to make the <laughs> podcast happen. And you know, CMI says no Pulp Fiction, and it's it's a shame. CMI, it's a shame. Bobby Hensley. That's an L. CML. Look at your Big- letters. Oh, is that an L? Okay, well, it looked like I thought it was like an I with a dot next to it because he's got dots between periods between. Yeah, because he has initials. But... So I don't see movies. You don't see letters. I think we're okay. <laughs> yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Oh, old salty. I've carried this watch up my yes for two years. Christopher Walken. Uh, you know, because Butch has this watch, but where did he get the watch? You know, he 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 can't go back to his house to get the watch because he's on the run. You know, so, you know, he's running from Marcellus Wallace. And specifically, he tells his girlfriend she's going back to the house to pick a few things up. And he's like, look, you got to get the watch. Now, the watch has no real monetary value. But as Captain Coons, played by Christopher Walken, tells young Butch when he gives him, the, you know, there's kind of this flashback scene the watch was bought by butch's great grandfather during the first world war he took it off to war with him it was passed down to butch's grandfather and then to butch's father who was a pow with captain coons in vietnam and you know both his dad and captain coons yes they had to, they were in the hanoi hilton together they had to hide that hunk of metal in a place that no man would want to have to hide that oh, hunk of boy. metal that we're you know we're not going to go into Oh, we just did. But it's part of the great story of this watch. You know, the watch gets passed down from generation to generation. The the watch has significance to Butch, right? There's no monetary value to it, but Butch is, you know, the fourth generation to have this watch. So there's more meaning in the watch to Butch than just, you know, the, the actual monetary value that it has on it. You know, just like there's more meaning to Notre Dame's independence then a dollar value that comes with the there TV you revenue from they the Big Ten. Tie it all back together. The SEC, yeah, it was all coming back. It was all coming back, but you know, but just ask any no. Notre Dame alum. There's a much bigger value in being independent, right? Well, for Notre Dame, absolutely. That's what they've always prided themselves on. And when you talk about what their value is, I think that that value is very closely tied to the NBC contract that they have. Because if they didn't have the NBC contract to put them on air and with potential new things on Peacock and whatever that's going on with NBC and Notre Dame, if they didn't have an exclusive network to air them, I don't know what their value would be. But for now, I think that they're the ones holding their, like you said, holding their cards. They're the ones in power. They have the keys to all of this. But in terms of what their value is, I think it is very closely tied to the NBC contract. I mean, it it is a big part of it, you know. But Notre Dame, still a national university with a tradition of barnstorming across the country that goes back to Newt Rockney. You know, they'd get on the train and they'd go out to the West Coast to play USC. They'd go to the East Coast in New York to play Army. You know, back when Army was relevant and all that kind of stuff. You're shaking your head. What are you shaking your head about there, Bobby? I was just agreeing with you. I'm oh, like okay, saying you were agreeing. I the barnstorming and the train stuff. Yeah. And that's all what they were built on. They're the ones exactly. that invented the forward pass. Notre Dame's always been ahead of the curve. So being independent might have been ahead of the curve. Right now, it's still good for them to be independent. Exactly. And Notre Dame's been able to keep that national footprint, keep part of their identity or big part of their identity through that independence. And I know that a lot of people outside scoff at it. Look, you know, neither you or me, you know, or I, we didn't go to Notre Dame. You grew up here, you know, and, and I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about that in a minute. You know, they have an enrollment that's more nationally diverse than, you know, any of the top contenders really 
in college football, you know, and they've they've got an enrollment that is much smaller than any of the top contenders in college. Significantly football, you know? smaller. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you, especially like if you look at a place like Ohio State, I mean, that's a small city that's going to Ohio State and, you know, even Alabama. IU, Bloomington. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, like you look at, again, just the diversity and in the, in, in the footprint of where Notre Dame goes, they're going to play teams from 21 different states over the next four years. And like you remember a few years back, they played those games in New York City, Los Angeles and Chicago, all in the same season. That was the ninth time Notre Dame had ever done that. Those three cities played in those three same three cities in the same season. No other school has ever done that. And Notre Dame has done it nine times. And, you know, Notre Dame's also the only school in the country that shows up in the top 20 in both football attendance year, you know, average football attendance year in and year out and the U S news and world report national university rankings. So they are unique, whether people on the outside, you know, want to admit that or not, Notre Dame is very unique. And what makes a big part of what makes Notre Dame so unique is that independence and what it allows them to do in a world of college football that has become so different where so many people are only looking at the bottom line. Now, now don't get me wrong. Notre Dame is going to look at the bottom line too. But again, when you look at the disparity between the, you know, roughly 25, 30 million in TV revenue, Notre Dame's getting every year compared to big 10 and sec schools are, are going to be having these cuts of a hundred million and more. There's a big difference there. They've been willing to sacrifice that bottom line to keep their independence. And, so again, you know, that's that's part of the question right now. Again, you grew up here around Notre Dame, Bobby. You grew up in this area. You didn't go to Notre Dame, but you you know, you've worked with people like Jeff Jeffers, Chuck Freebie, you know, long timers in the market. Um what what to you what's the value of Notre Dame's independence as you see it as, as someone who's basically been around this your whole life now? Well, like you talk about what, how many states and cities and the big places that they play in? How about the fact they're playing in Ireland and it's not their first time? Yeah. How many college football teams have gone to another country? Much right. less, much less those big cities in America. They're going to another Point. country, and now they have the Irish ties. We need and, a little bell. We need a little bell for for like your good points that you make. <laughs> you wouldn't ring it very often, would you? <laughs> but no, so I'm saying like they're, you they're, wouldn't they're, ring you say, it for me either. Never. <laughs> I mean, you talk about Pulp Fiction. I wasn't even alive when it came out, probably. But um, no, <laughs> you so there were actually you were, but that's okay. <laughs> wasn't old enough to to meet the the age limit there. But they're right. not even a national brand. They're almost an international. Like everybody knows Notre Dame. You can talk to anybody from any place in this country. I don't know about the world, but in this country, and they say like, "Where are you from?" You say South Bend. They're like, "Oh, you say Notre Dame." They know exactly where you're from, and that, I think that that independence has made them this national brand. I think with the way that streaming's going and that the way that the rights deals are going and ESPN obviously wants that college football money. I'm hoping that Notre Dame can sustain to be independent because they have so much value right now as a brand. They're a yeah. brand. I think they're up there with the Yankees, the Cubs, the Cowboys. I think Notre Dame's one of those big national 
brands that everybody knows. You talked a couple of weeks ago about college baseball world series. It was Notre Dame in there. That's why the ratings were high. It was a Notre Dame thing. They have alums right. everywhere. They have a strong pipeline everywhere. The things that Notre Dame can provide, that's pretty strong. That's why it's like, okay, they're the only program they can sit and wait and see how all these conferences shake out and then decide if they want to join or if it's still good for them and financially sustainable to be um, financially solvent, to be independent. And I think a lot of that, again, goes back to the NBC contract, though, because if they lose NBC or if NBC gets more of college football portfolio, then it might not be as well, financially solvent for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about this a lot this week for Notre Dame to remain independent. They need a TV contract of their own. Obviously mm -hmm. they have that right now with NBC that lasts for what, four more seasons, right? They need access to the college football playoff and they need a place for their Olympic sports. Those are the three big things. The TV contract is going to be interesting because again, yeah. Shy town or Irish shy town is, is asking this in the live chat, which is preferred CBS, Fox, ABC, Turner, NBC streaming. I mean, they've been with NBC for a long time, but CBS is losing the SEC. Uh, the, I believe there is interest from Fox. You know, Fox has a lot of interest in potentially, you know, like they've got their big noon kickoff. You know, maybe Fox goes from Big Ten and the, and the big noon kickoff at noon, and then Notre Dame is kicking off at 3.30 if they were to you know, swoop in there and, and take that TV deal away from NBC. You know, I, I think, you know, to answer the question that Chi-Town Irish had, which one is best, money is obviously going to be a part of it. But the other part of that is Notre Dame and NBC, you know, maybe you're maybe you're kind of like, well, I'm tired of NBC. And we've talked about the fact that they don't have Notre Dame alums, you know, as analysts in the booth and all those different kind of things. And, you know, they've kind of even though they're carrying the, in, the, the the Notre Dame games, they found a way to kind of tick off loyal Notre Dame viewers of the games by not doing, you know, more of that. But one thing they have been is a flexible work partner. You know, there's been a good relationship between Notre Dame and NBC over the years in that deal. You know, they, they work together on things like kickoff times. Now, NBC, I think, wants more primetime games. We've seen more primetime games. Notre Dame resisted that for a long time, but we're seeing a lot more primetime games now and they don't have to have a noon kickoff. You know, we've never seen that happen. Um, you know, so I think that not only again, the bottom line and whoever ends up being the TV partner with Notre Dame, whether NBC keeps it or whether it goes to Fox or CBS, I, I've, one, I think it's in Notre Dame's best interest that there is some kind of bidding war between these three entities to see, you know, again, both financially and, you know, with some other things, what they might be able to get out of this deal. I mean, just just think if if uh, if Fox were to end up taking the contract and everybody gets their wish, maybe the golden boy, Brady Quinn, you know, ends up in that booth after all calling Notre Dame home games. I mean, everyone's been wanting that for a long time. Right. So, I mean, well, my point is, it's not just money, but it's the working relationship and the other, you know, sort of fringe things that come with that contract in terms of who ends up being the best, quote unquote, best TV partner. I think you're obviously right. And I think that, you know, the people watching us right now, they they're intelligent enough to understand that as well. What I think is nice about the NBC deal 
is that is their only focus. That's that's their only now, team because they want in sure. on the Big Ten too. So they want to, but I think with Big Ten expanding, I think they're building their own brand, their own portfolio. I think the Big Ten network is going to be not able to be purchased after they add everything they're going to be trying to add. And ESPN is going to jump in on that. Fox, I the right now NBC could build with Notre Dame the next four years to make that contract even more valuable. They can do second screen things on their Peacock network. And the only other really brand that has that is CBS with their Paramount Plus app. Right. So I feel like they could they could devote to Notre Dame and make these other things. And you can have documentaries behind the scenes. You can have exclusive interviews, maybe media day, maybe the, the interview every Tuesday, stuff like that you could add. I think that, that only works if you're dedicated to one program. Because if you have a conference or if you have multiple, you can't possibly stream it all live. It can all be there for you to click on. But in terms of live streaming, which is what a lot of these places are going to, I think it makes sense for Notre Dame to stick with NBC for now for the next four years. I mean, obviously, they're stuck with them for four years. But right. I'm saying I think you can build upon that. And I think Notre Dame's a big part of what NBC wants to do with their sports package moving forward. They promo the Notre Dame game during every sporting event they air. They want people to see Notre Dame. Notre Dame is their big brand. So I think NBC is investing in Notre Dame and they will continue to do so. If CBS loses the SEC, which they are, I I don't know where they go, but they could they could offer similar, but Fox I don't think is the right answer because Fox can have so much to air that you might see in Notre Dame jockey around for start times. If Notre Dame's playing a Mac school, you're not they might not prioritize that or want them to be some of their main coverage for the weekend. So you think they're going to put Brady well, Quinn on the Big Ten game of the week, or do you think they're going to put Brady Quinn on Notre Dame versus Toledo? I think that Fox might question. not be the right answer. All right. So Bobby is is down on, you know, again, like, you know, I can't, I, I'm seeing some people throwing around that $100 million number in, in, in the live chats, you know. So if one of the three networks says, we're going to give you $100 million bucks a year, I don't think they're going to get to that number, but I'm just saying if, if, if they say that, then if they're going to give you that kind of money, you're probably going to have to uh, give up give up some control over kickoff times and those kind of things. I think there's going to be a lot more, you know, from from the TV side that's going to not just direct that, but but control a lot of that. And again, you know, there's been a really good working relationship with Notre Dame and NBC over the years. You've had some different people in charge over there, but Right now, the number is fifteen million dollars a year. Now, again, if you get a bidding war, who knows That's what the so number? Small, is. yeah, yeah. But but who knows what the number ends up being if you get into a bidding war between three TV networks who decide they really want to have your product? You know, so who knows how how high it ends up going? But you know, again, that is just a piece of this whole deal. Into, you know, being independent is that TV contract. I think they're going to, I think they're, you know, I, I don't think they're going to have a problem renew, you know, not renewing, but having a TV partner going forward coming out of this when the contract ends in four years, whether it's NBC, CBS, or Fox. While well, being independent. A, right. Well, well, again, that's part of how you get a TV contract and how they stay independent is having that, you know, because Again, as we've talked about this week, no other school in the country 
has its own TV contract like this. The conferences have the contract, nobody else. And you can, you know, Bobby, you have a a TV background, so maybe you can kind of answer this because we were talking about it earlier this week. The difference between being, you know, having your games on broadcast on network TV versus being on ESPN, the number of households, the you know, just the amount of reach that you have, there's a big difference between your games, you know, even on ESPN, which is, you know, the worldwide leader and all that, but between your games being on ESPN and being on a broadcast TV network, there's a big difference there in the, in the amount of homes that you reach, right? Absolutely. Now, I think that number every year is going to shrink a little bit. As people start to learn technology and old people are less inclined, but maybe they're passing away. <laughs> Sounds dark, but I think in the South Bend market, I, I saw that NBC is 22% over the air, meaning you can just do it with an antenna. Right. Uh, that's a huge number compared to a lot of the other markets, but Notre Dame is in South Bend. Mm-hmm. So they're reaching a lot of homes locally. And that's, and, which makes it even more important. Yeah. Right. So that that number for them to be over the air on the main network is a huge number because that's not streaming. That's not even on your cable. That's literally your antenna plugged into the back of your television. Right. So that's a pretty high number. So, yes, it's still important to be a national brand. I don't know how long you sustain that, though, because the trends are smaller and smaller every year. But for right now, again, when you're at Notre Dame and you're going to get in a bidding war, it's obvious that you still have the pull. Plus, I mean, we're not even we're just talking about ratings kind of and like what homes can reach what. But obviously, that's a big recruiting tool to be like, you're going to be on TV every week nationally on a over the air versus having to stream it or find it on your cable. And and that that's still important, I think. I completely agree with that. And, you know, again, that's there's a big difference, you know, because even even if a conference like the SEC, for example, has a TV contract with, uh, you know, ESPN. Okay, you get some games on ESPN. Sometimes games are going to be on ABC, but not or every ESPN school, two, ESPN not, News. Yeah. yeah, but not not even the game on ABC that is on broadcast uh, a broadcast network. That's only like one school per week from your conference, you know, whereas Notre Dame has every home game. There's a big difference between the two. Well, that's what I was kind of getting at earlier. Like I I like NASCAR and during NASCAR races, every commercial break, they have a promo saying in the fall saying, watch as Notre Dame tackles whatever opponent that week. And it's always Notre Dame. It's all, and it's the same announcer. It's the same graphics. It's the same feel. Whereas, you know, if you're Ohio state, even they have noon kickoffs on, Fox or whatever playing some scrub matchup, it doesn't, it's not the same. Whereas Notre Dame can promote the brand of Notre Dame. Notre Dame's playing them. Notre Dame will be on this channel at this time playing whoever every Saturday at their home. And that's another thing. It's kind of what you're alluding to, I think, but they can provide the Notre Dame brand and, and its value. (laughs) That's what you're getting at. But the, the value of Notre Dame and saying their name every time and their opponents. And then by the, Halfway through the season, if they're having a good season, you know, you get more viewers to watch them play and see how that the season unfolds. Right. Right. On the Marshan and Oran sports media podcast this week, they do a weekly whose stock is up, whose stock is down thing at the start of the show. And John Orand 
from the uh, Sports Business Journal put Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick at the top of the whose stock is up list. They let off with Jack Swarbrick. <laughs> His stock is up because, as he says, Swarbrick and the Irish hold all the keys right now. Here's a quote. Quote, it's good to be the athletic director of Notre Dame. It's good to be Notre Dame. Everybody wants them. The Big Ten wants them. The ACC wants them. They could also decide to stay independent. Lots of possibilities for Notre Dame. All of them good. End quote. What do you think? I, I think they're uh, right now. See, that's the thing. Is I, right now, obviously, Notre Dame, they hold the keys, as it said, or they have the power. They're doing successful things by being independent. I'm nervous about five or six years from now, depending on how these conferences break down and the way streaming evolves and the way networks go. That's a thing. It, it might yeah. not be beneficial in the long run. For right now, Notre Dame is in a perfect spot because they're the only program, the only one that's independent that controls their own. Nobody's fighting over where BYU should go or like a UMass or something like that. They're just, it's Notre Dame that has the money, that has the, again, value. But I think that, I think right now you're you're in a good spot. And I agree with all of that. I just wonder what point you have to make a decision to announce we're going to stay independent, or maybe we're looking into a conference to get another bidding war, something like that. I, I just, for right now, I think they're great to answer your question, I guess, in well, a yeah. long way. Yeah, I mean, the, the question is always going to be how long does that sort of, you know, comfort stability last? Because, again, it was just a week ago that USC and UCLA made this move. Nobody saw it coming, and, you know, boom, here we are. Everything's different, and that's, you know, where all this conversation comes from but again we've talked about the tv contract aspect of it as part of what notre dame notre dame needs in order to remain independent going forward and yes they are locked into that nbc contract at 15 mil a year for four more years but you know again they have said it's not about the money you know so while you're going to take more money you know that's my point. So they're they're locked into it. It's not like they're crying about oh we're only getting fifteen million a year, right near right now. That's not going you know. That's not going to affect that. At least in the short term, there are there are bigger picture things at play though. But something interesting that came up: Notre Dame. It sounds like could have an interesting ally in this quest to remain independent because Pete Thamel at ESPN.com, uh, wrote something, I believe it was yesterday, this came out, and I just saw it this morning, but he said, quote, the Fighting Irish have an ally in the SEC in any attempts by the Big Ten to box them out of the college football playoff. The SEC is unlikely to bless any move that prevents Notre Dame from having access to the playoff as it would push the Irish to the Big Ten. The SEC wouldn't want to strengthen its rival league like that, end quote. So, again, that's from Pete Thamel. So, again, you know, he's basically saying, you know, there's all, there's all this talk about Notre Dame and the Big Ten, and we'll, and we'll talk here in a second about Notre Dame versus the SEC, you know, and why, you know, one, you know, might be a better fit than the other. But what they're basically saying is the SEC is – and uh, Jack Swarbrick and um, – uh, Greg Sankey, I forgot his name there for a second. You know, they do have a really good relationship, but basically, you know, what they're saying is the SEC 
you know, they they pretty much know probably that Notre Dame's not going to join the SEC, but they also don't want them joining the Big Ten, and they know that Notre Dame needs to have that path to the playoff in order to remain independent. And so if they remain independent, they're not going to go to the Big Ten, which would be, you know, worse for the SEC. So the SEC is completely sort of willing to accept the fact that Notre Dame's probably not going to join them, but they're going to do everything that they can to help Notre Dame keep that path to the playoff to, you know, to keep them from joining up with the Big Ten. So, you know, again, it's something that works in Notre Dame's favor. What do you think? Yeah, I, it, it's you just described it already before. It's a bidding <laughs> war. That's really what it is. Yeah. It's like, well, if we can't get you, we don't want you to go to them because then that'd be bad for us. So, like, they just want to keep them independent. And I think it's part of it, the SEC, their own hubris is like, we're going to be so good. That, sure, throw Notre Dame in if they go undefeated with their schedule. We'll still dominate them once we get to the playoff. But – like the fact that the Big Ten added UCLA and USC, I think has strengthened them so much that you're getting to that that the two conferences versus everyone else. And Notre Dame is the tweener. They're not a conference. Notre Dame's a program. Right. And Notre Dame is the only tweener between the big two up there and the other conferences way down there. And yeah. that's and that's what you call by bidding war. They're being pulled from side to side on the top part. And from the bottom, I'm sure like the other conferences would love to add them, but they know Notre Dame's above them. So it's just really unique. And I think what all of this is showing for a Notre Dame perspective is, again, how powerful they are and what they mean to college football. You know, ESPN did a series of shows called the um, College Football 150, the 150th year of college football. A mm-hmm. lot of them are great. They had a specific episode just about Notre Dame football. And Besides that, I th- I think in every other episode that Notre Dame was always mentioned, and they're the only program that had their own episode. They're the one that was mentioned every single time. It just they're so rel- college football kind of moves around Notre Dame. They're almost the the gravity pull. Interesting. I don't think I ever saw that for some reason. I, I, I kind of remember it coming out. Was it streaming? Was it on like the streaming service or something? Where was that? Where was it actually no, they, on ESPN? They, they aired on ESPN and they did a okay. really good deep dive with some like personalities and stuff. And it was, it was pretty entertaining, but Notre Dame had, like I said, they had their own specific episode about how they've evolved as a program and their start. And then how they, what they mean to college football. And the fact that ESPN dedicated that much time to them when they're not even on their network, I think yeah. says a lot. Yep. Here's a tweet I saw yesterday. Again, you know, kind of talking about Big Ten versus SEC. Why does everyone assume Notre Dame will join the Big Ten if they join a conference? Why wouldn't they join the SEC? Football is dictating everything right now, and being in the SEC puts Notre Dame right in the spot of the best high school talent in the country. So, Bobby, which which to you makes the most sense for Notre Dame if it comes to that? Big Ten, <sighs> SEC. I think that's a really tough question because there's a lot of layers to peel. Uh, If you want to have the confidence to say that you're going to be one of the best programs, I think the SEC is the name brand. I think that's the direction all this has gone the last 10 years. How many champions have been on the SEC? How many playoff teams? How many championship games have had SEC SEC teams? I think that's where you want to go if you think you can compete. If you want to be really good – but maybe have a couple layups, I think that's the Big Ten. So I think if you're Notre Dame, you have the identity that, hey, we can go to the well, SEC and compete. And once you put us in the conference, 
then we can start playing them every week and then we can be better. But again, it, it, a decision like this is going to come down to more than just what happens on the football field. Like the Big Ten and their universities have different academic standards than the SEC has, you know, like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, the academic low dwellers, you know, no offense to any of them. You, you know, it's still a degree <laughs> and all that, but the kind academic of. standards <laughs> yeah. are different. They are more compatible with Notre Dame and the Big Ten, you know, than they than they are in the SEC. And the other thing is the geographic footprint. Again, especially now this new Big Ten with USC and UCLA that also includes Rutgers and Maryland on the East Coast because of the two, you know, if Notre Dame still wants to at least have a national reach but also still be in a conference, then you know, they can obviously get out to California basically every year, assuming that USC and UCLA would both be on the schedule. They can get out to the East Coast with Rutgers and Maryland and also obviously the, you know, the middle part of the country. So I think between the academic standards and just the footprint of the conference as they stand right now, because the SEC is still predominantly in that southeastern footprint. Right. I think it's all pretty much in that southeastern footprint, right? I mean, Texas right. AM and you know, soon to be Texas and Oklahoma, you know, are the farthest to the west, but that's still Barely, pretty much yeah, yeah you still kind of for the kind of consider that southeastern anyway but again the big 10 now has true national reach so at least you have that so you know i think that i think that that's why the big 10 seems like the more logical place for notre dame to be if it comes to it but i still think notre dame so you're saying they go to the big 10 if they can dictate their schedule and still have a california team every year and no, I'm not saying if they dictate their schedule. You're if saying in, in general. The, if they're in the Big Ten, those schools become part of the schedule, you know, you know, because you're in the conference with them. Now, you know, maybe, you know, again, you, you don't know what a reconfigured Big Ten is going to look like in terms of, you know, will they East, still West have divisions or divisions and all those different kind of things. Because, again, like just a week ago, there was talk about the Big Ten doing away with divisions, but now you've just added two more teams. So, did you just necessitate keeping divisions around because you're going to have so many teams? And then if you add Notre Dame and maybe Stanford in there, you know, that's been talked about. Yeah. So I'm not saying that they dictate their schedule, even though they obviously would want to, to keep USC sure. on the schedule every year if they can. But because of the fact that the big 10 now stretches all the way to Los Angeles, that, that would at least help Notre Dame from, from that national, you know, National perspective. perspective yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah i the the thing about Rutgers, i understand that they're the new york school i almost wonder if notre dame has more pull in new york right now than Rutgers does oh absolutely so, so i don't think that that helps them from coast to coast per se um i i think that it's money driven well, it's national brand driven but 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 the big 10 is in that market you know for one so right yeah. So whether or not whether or not that game against Rutgers is that attractive, you know, but you still have Maryland as well, you know. So wh whether or not those games are are overly attractive, you're, you're in the market. I get in, it. You're you're but, in the yeah because New York City, because of the fact that Rutgers is in the Big Ten, New York City's cable systems are going to be carrying Big Ten games, whether people are actually watching them. Or not. So you get into those markets as a result. 
I just keep thinking, and maybe I'm way off base here, and you're going to disagree with me. I know it, but maybe there's there's in in 2023 even there's no way that like a Rutgers game is going to be broadcast nationally anyway. So what's like Notre Dame will be in that area playing one game, but the New York people love Notre Dame already. I like they could play a neutral site game yeah, in New York in in the the Giants Jet Stadium the first game of the year. They could find other ways to appeal to New York and be in that market. I think it's just everything's going to be national soon. Not only Notre Dame, I think everything already is. The over the air is the only way exactly. that they exactly, and that's you know that's part of the value of independence because everything Notre Dame does is national. You know, it, it goes right back to that. You know, it's not just bottom line dollars and cents. It's the fact you know again going back to having your own TV contract and the fact that you are on a broadcast TV network for all of your home games. You automatically like you're in New York, you're in Los Angeles, you're in every mm-hmm. you're in every market Paducah, in the country yeah. <laughs> because of the fact that you're on NBC and there's nothing, you know, they, they don't have to worry about regional schedules and all that kind of stuff. You know, that and that's again, you know, that's one of the benefits of having that that contract with NBC, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying. Like if you get in with Fox and Fox also has the Big Ten then you know you might get into a situation where well okay these markets are going to have the Notre Dame game but these markets are going to have you know like Ohio State versus Northwestern or whatever and you'd be on Fox Sports 1 some of the time or whatever yeah and i think it's dangerous to go to the SEC cuz they have so many titan programs that in the first 5 years if you just if the if you aren't performing well it's hard to elevate yourself in that conference again and build back up because there's so many proven programs already there that, and like you said, they have a different standard in the SEC in terms of academics, in terms of athletes, in terms of everything. It yeah. is what it is. But if you go to the SEC and you you go 503 of your first three years in it, you're already sunk. You've already devalued yourself versus being independent or going to the Big Ten. And the Big Ten, like you said, is a national brand. So – because you're going coast to coast. So I guess there's still that's still lucrative to Notre Dame, but I think overall for the next for I don't know how many years until it's not good, you need to stay independent cuz you can see how it all shakes out. See where you are. If they have a bad year this year, their value won't be as high as it was coming into this year because right. they've had such great success the last 5 to 10 years minus one year in there. Well again, and that's you know, we important. Don't, we don't know what the next college football playoff, you know, contract format is going to be, you know, just a week ago, we probably would have been at least discussing it a little bit. I don't think anyone can really get into that right now because you don't know what conferences are going to be left yet. But again, it sure helps Notre Dame to have an ally in the SEC in this because of the fact that the SEC wouldn't want Notre Dame to go to the Big Ten. Now, the other side, or another piece of this, though, Joel Klatt, one of the Fox analysts, said this this week. The Big Ten's likely not going to expand further unless Notre Dame wants to join. That we know. Which, at this point, doesn't seem eminent. That we know. But he says, I could see an expanded scheduling relationship between the two. So, you know, that's basically what Notre Dame has 
with the ACC right now. And again, Notre Dame's contract with the ACC runs through 2036. Could you see Notre Dame and the Big Ten ever having an arrangement like what they have with the ACC right now? I think absolutely I could. I don't think it's beneficial per se right now, but you talk about all the natural rivalries that Notre Dame has with Michigan State, Michigan, even Purdue, you know, putting IU on the schedule wouldn't be bad for, you know, the state of Indiana. But I think absolutely I can see the Big Ten working with them in terms of that because it benefits both. Notre Dame can stay independent, but they still can't, they can still schedule all those Big Ten games and those opponents that are local, regional, and like national brand with USC, especially. Like, because what well, they're not going to freeze them out because it's not beneficial to anyone. Yeah. But, I think if you're guaranteed and then you get to pick two a year and then the other three, you know, whatever matchups, because you don't want all five of the top programs every year, but they could rotate it through. I could see that being beneficial for both sides because it's kind of a tie with the Big Ten, which is one of the top two, and the ACC is going to be one of the bottom ones. So I would say, yeah, I can definitely see that making sense for Notre Dame and for the Big Ten. Right. Allen says can't get Notre Dame can't get out of the ACC unless they pay a lot of dollars. And that is true. We've talked about this this week, basically the way that grant of rights works. Again, mm-hmm. we touched on it earlier with Clemson, but it's the same for Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's number is less than half of what all the, the you know, the full fledged ACC schools would have to pay. Notre Dame gets about 10 million bucks a year in this contract from the ACC. So you basically multiply that 10 million times however many years Notre Dame would have left on the contract. So like right now with 15 years left on the contract, they'd have to pay $150 million to get out. If you wait five years, obviously it goes down to a hundred million dollars. And, you know, so like, like if you're talking about replacing an arrangement with the ACC with an arrangement with the big 10 and the big 10 finds that really attractive, then maybe, you know, they, they pay enough to make it up. That. Yes, yeah. that's right. And now, obviously, if they were to end up being a full-fledged member of the Big Ten, then basically they pay all of it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like they they might not pay all of it, but if you know a year and a half of of the uh, you know TV revenue share that Notre Dame would be making from the Big Ten would cover that exit fee, and then you know in a year and a half you're free of that and you're 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 back on top making money. But you know, again, I don't think a whole lot of people hope it would come to that, but. I think that there would be some benefit in some kind of, you know, partnership with the Big Ten. Like, you know, because like, you know, one, Notre Dame hockey is already in the Big Ten. Who would have ever thought that that would happen, you know, before that happened? But, you know, so you've already got a relationship there. And if it came to the point where even if it even if it was at the end of the ACC contract in 2036, who's to say that, you know, if if things are you know, going in a certain direction, maybe Notre Dame says, well, we still don't want to be a full-fledged member of the Big Ten, but we would sign up, you know, for something like what we're doing right now with the ACC. Then the question would be, does the Big Ten find that attractive enough? And again, there's obviously been some acrimony over the years between the two trying to work some things out like that. Sure, but I think like what, what the, the... I think what right now Notre Dame's looking at with their partnership with the ACC is dwindling because Notre Dame's the brand. Notre Dame's the program of even those five games for the ACC. Mm-hmm. 
the way Clemson went down last year, there's no guarantee they're going to stay up where they were. They had quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence and so much talent. Are they going to be able to sustain that success? Because that, I mean, they were good for five, six years there. But now that last year, they were not good. And Florida State has come so far down. And the ACC, who is the marquee program? What makes them attractive to Notre Dame at this point? I was just looking at one of the comments here. And Charlie Weiss's last belt loop says, we go 12-0 and and they get blown out in the first game of the playoff when the opponent has a pulse. Yeah, that, that was the Brian Kelly, you know, era. Um, you may well, have noticed, you may, I, you may have noticed they have the number one ranked recruiting class in the country right now uh, for 2023, as well as 2024. And that's, but I think it was last week we were talking about this, you know, because we let off the show talking about all these successes that Marcus Freeman is having in recruiting. That's how you get over the hump. You know, that's that's how you go to the next level is you, you know, you don't, you don't just coach better on the field. You recruit better. You start off with better talent. You get a different margin of error once you get on the field. And, and that's that's how the program takes the next step to not just get into those playoff games, but win them by doing the kind of recruiting that Marcus Freeman's doing right now. So that's, you know, that's that's the next step for this program, obviously. That's kind of what I'm getting at, though, is the next step is is competing on a higher level than what they're doing right now. And the ACC isn't going to provide that because I think Clemson's down. I don't think they're going to be as competitive as they were three or four years ago. Florida State, I don't know how long it's going to take them to rebuild and if they'll ever be what they were. Besides those two marquee programs, who in the ACC is a marquee that's a tough, you know, that you want to schedule to to, to see where you stack up? Because right now in the, the ACC, you're playing a bunch of programs that aren't that great. And they're not even on the preface of a playoff. They're they're just going through and hoping to make bowl games. And that's not helping Notre Dame schedule. That's not helping Notre Dame get beat up or tough games. That's not helping them. Whereas if they join the Big Ten now, the Big Ten is going to be building itself up. The SEC will be having itself up. I think that that's what they need to do to, to propel them to a better spot. And, and recruiting matters as well, but you got to play tough games. Yeah. Salty Virginia Peanuts says, is it possible for Notre Dame and other schools to form an affiliation by which they play one another regularly and can get a TV contract but are not formally a conference? I, I don't mean, think so. Is it? Well, I mean, I, to, it's an a good idea. That, to, an, to an extent, that's what Notre Dame does right now. You know, like they play regularly against USC, Stanford, and Navy, you know, and then obviously you've got the the ACC you know but that's you know and before that you you played every year with Purdue you played every year with Michigan State that you know those rivalries were were long running before they broke up due to Notre Dame's both Notre Dame's agreement with the ACC as well as the Big 10 when they expanded you know they they added another conference game and you know so that kind of you know led to an end to those different rivalries so you know there were there were always long-running agreements it was just basically if you came to Notre Dame you were going to be on NBC because that was their network and if you went to one of those other schools you're most likely going to end up on ESPN or or ABC and then Fox got into the mix so you know I I think that you could do some of that but you know again there's just there's just so much out there you know and that kind of leads us to this other thing according to you know I, I want to mention 
real quick because I saw, I think it was CML mentioned this as well. There, there is a report out today that Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson, and Virginia are in talks to get out of their grant of rights contract with the ACC to move to the to to the SEC, and that ESPN is trying to help facilitate that. Now, I don't know how much total validity there is to this because I'm not going to say the name of the website because they're not paying me any money to publicize them, but it came from a swimming website. So like this guy who covers swimming was talking to some swimming sources and that's where all of this came about. Now that, that doesn't mean there's nothing to it, but at the same time, I haven't seen any of the, you know, like the ESPNs or SI or, you know, those kind of school, you know, those not schools, but those kind of, you know, media sources and platforms sources, yeah. cover. Yeah. There's so the, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, I mean, and swimming is an I, Olympic it, sport. Maybe they were talking about that level even. No, they, they're, they're, they're talking, talking about, about football. The, they're talking about the school. Yeah. Like I, okay. I read, I read the thing. Just wanted to be just, clear. Just wanted to be it's, clear. But it's just that it's, you know, it's coming from a swimming, well, you know, an, a, a website that covers swimming. Now, again, that doesn't mean there's nothing to it. Right. And it makes total sense that, that these four schools, you know, would want to get out. But again, there's more than just want, <laughs> you know, there's, there's the financial side that comes with it. And if the ACC is tied to this contract with ESPN and they're not able to get more money out of it, then, you know, how, how I just, there, there there's going to be a lot more, you know, than, than just, well, these teams can just go. You know, the, the ACC but, is going to try to hold these teams to their contract because that's what they have keeping them together right now. Because without it, you're going to have the big two and nothing else, and they'll start their own league. And that's what kind of what the direction's looking like. But I think, again, that's what makes Notre Dame so amazing right now is that they're the only program that can just stand pat and look around at all of the other conferences, and they can wait and see how it settles and then decide if it's worth a move or not. Right. Gary says every contract is meant to be broken. And, you know, there's something to that. But again, he must be a lawyer. Part of breaking this this particular contract says there is an exit fee if you want to do it. You can get out of the contract, but you got to pay to do it. And there's mm-hmm. a very steep price to pay to to get out of it. So, But know, is it worth it? Well, it might be worth it. Is it worth it for who? It could, and that's the thing is, who knows? It could be worth if the, if the ACCs can end up dissolving itself based on teams wanting to leave. If enough of them want to leave, they can find their own arrangement, probably with the SEC and ESPN, to make it lucrative enough. Maybe, like you said, maybe in two or three years, the payout fee will be a little bit less. Yeah, Alan also says ESPN's playing chess while we're playing checkers, and you know, I think that there's something to that as well because. Are the they driving be- force behind all of this is obviously the TV networks. You know, they're they're the ones pushing for this because, you know, all this USC and UCLA don't just benefit the Big Ten. It also benefits the TV partner, you know, Fox. And then in, in the meantime, so you've got Fox on the Big Ten side. You've got ESPN, ABC on the SEC side, and they're both trying to make their product better and more sellable to advertisers and the whole thing. And everybody's trying to make as much money as they can out of it. But as ESPN also trying, they'll have Monday night football. They can have college football. And I wonder if they're trying to be a college football network almost. Like 
they already kind of are, to be honest with you, on a Saturday. They have games on three or four networks from noon until sometimes 1 a.m. But if they make it lucrative enough that they can just really make that their bread and butter, they move games. I don't know. Like they seem like they're playing chess because they're they're setting themselves up in the long game to be a college football based network. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, you know, speaking of TV, um, there's a report that came out at sportsillustrated.com, si.com, that the ACC and the Pac-12 network are looking into a broadcasting partnership that would work with ESPN and bring together the two leagues for what they call a mutually beneficial partnership. Basically, the ACC network, which is owned by ESPN would broadcast a lot of Pac-12 games, you know, to help the Pac-12 get into more markets because the Pac-12 network went away because it was so bad. Failed. Yeah, (laughs) failed. Yeah, that's right. It folded. So basically the ACC network would, would, would offer up its network. Maybe they rename it something beyond the ACC network, but they would start carrying uh, Pac-12 games and maybe you get some ACC Pac-12 games and all that kind of stuff but basically you know again we've talked about how bad the the ACC's TV contract is in terms of payout compared to the other conferences this would help both the ACC and the Pac-12 get a little bit more TV revenue out of this whole deal Do do you think that that this is something that could actually you know actually work after this three-way conference alliance thing that you know that they had with the Big Ten as well you know never even got going before it folded I think it has to be I think you have to look at anything you can do to make yourself in a better spot right now because the way all the dominoes are falling like we've like I keep bringing up you're gonna have the big two and then the rest it used to be the power five and then the rest now you're gonna have the big two I think it makes a total amount of sense to have and throw the Big 12 in there. I think they should all get together and somehow find a way to build themselves together as a group because they're going it's well, going to be those three versus the Big 2. I think and I talked about this yesterday. I had RJ Abatia on for he covers USC and we talk, I think we're in agreement on this that I don't think that that it's in either the Big 12 or the Pac-12's interest to try to go it on their own at this point you know like the big 12 is in a much better place right now because the acc and the pac 12 
decided, well, we're not going to pick you apart after Oklahoma and Texas announced they were going to the SEC last year. That you know they kind of let them stand, and now it's the Big Twelve that's trying to pick the Pac twelve apart. I I think they'd both be better off just merging. You know, you talk about you know you're you're watching the Big Ten and the SEC do all this stuff and and bolster their own super conferences. Why why take a chance on letting anyone else go? You know, combine resources. I think you've got a much better chance of getting you know, a better TV contract out of the whole thing. And I think that everybody um, would be better off. You know, again, like you talk about footprints, you've got – you you cover a, a basically half the country with the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Yeah, but then – so you're saying – but then if you had the ACC, you're coast-to-coast coast again, and they could have – here's the thing, they could have well, – I'm taking the di- ACC out of this. I'm, I'm just talking about the Big 12 yeah. and the Pac-12. Well, but maybe there's benefit way, in the ACC well, joining in there as well. So That's what I'm saying. But either way, <laughs> even if it's just the Pac-12 and the Big 12, you have a conference that's the former Pac-12 and the, and the Big 12. Don't name them that, please. Find better names because these, these names are – they're brands, but they're not actually mattering. The Big 10s had 11 teams since 93 when Penn State joined. So they, they haven't had 10 teams in a long anyway. So, but you just make a conference and you just separate the divisions and what they used to be. Maybe you mix a little bit and I think you're still good to go and you can still compete. I'm not going to say you're going to be thriving, but you're still going to be alive. And that's all you have to do for the next couple of years is find a way to survive, see how everything breaks down and then see where you fit in. Cause right now the, the big 12 is still adding teams like Cincinnati, which has been a, solid program for several years now so maybe they they help bolster things i think oklahoma state's kind of on underrated they've been pretty good for a long time so it's not that they're without anything but they have to get together to make it sustainable right but i mean the attractiveness of who's in your conference isn't necessarily you know in some cases it's tied to on-field success you know like most times brands Kansas and you've been kansas for the you know for the last 10 or 12 years, because let's not forget in in 2007, they did go to an orange bowl, but you know, if you've been (laughs) Kansas for the, for the last several years, there's no attractiveness in your program. So at least Cincinnati is more attractive than Kansas or Kansas state, even though, you know, like for, for the big 12 purposes, because, you know, even though Kansas doesn't have football, just having Kansas basketball, you know, that, you do you're you're not just completely seeding the Kansas City TV market to the SEC and Missouri. At least you're in the Kansas City market if you have Kansas and Kansas State. I'm not as good as you with sources and stuff. I did read a tweet and an article that said that Kansas was looking at being recruited by the Big East for basketball, hmm. which would be I interesting. I hadn't seen because that. I mean they would still have their other sports. Obviously, wouldn't be in the Big East. But for basketball, they were thinking about trying to pluck them over there for that, which it doesn't really matter in basketball as much. The conference is building and, and selling like it is in football. Yeah. But because they're so worthless as a, a banner program for football. So you're talking about keeping them for basketball. Anyway, I'm saying I think that the, to answer your question in a long, long roundabout way, which is what we always do, we never have rapid <laughs> fire. We always have – Long right. fire. We have muskets. We don't have that's rapids. Right. We have long but, range shooting. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, okay. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think that the uh, Big Ten or the Big 12 and the Pac 12, Pac, whatever they are, and the ACC, even, I think all three of them could get together to build some sort of three standing, 
a three division conference and it wouldn't yeah. be a bad look for them to survive and then see where they can go from there. And I think in the long run, you're going to end up with all these power conferences and they're going to have to have divisions. And then do we end up in 15 years? Let's break these divisions apart from the conference and start over again. Cause we've done that before too. They used to be the big eight and it, it's, yeah. it's, it's circular. They're, they're going to have to come to some kind of agreement. They're good. Yeah. They're going to have to do something because again, if you don't, then everyone is just jumping to the SEC in the Big Ten. And I don't think that's good for college football big picture. Like everyone's talking about this NFL model and you've got, you know, everyone, and you've got the smaller divisions and everyone's either in the Big Ten or the SEC. I don't see any benefit in it. No. Big picture. And, and then you also have good. you have to worry about if they're just going to a system where it'll be not the NCA anymore. The Big Ten and the SEC get yeah. enough money from ESPN, which is what that comment I think kind of was uh, hinting at almost that you posted earlier that the ESPN's playing chess because maybe they're just going to form their own league with their own playoff and their own setup. Let's just finish on this. This is completely out of Off what topic. we've been topping, <laughs> talking about for the rest of the show. Uh, but it came up this week in Chicago. And, of course, we're not that far from Chicago. Fill in the blank. It's blank that the city of Chicago wants to put a dome on top of Soldier Field to try to make the stadium more attractive to potential users as well as to try to keep the Bears from moving out to the suburbs. Uh, I'm glad we're on a Notre Dame website and had a Bears one because I'm going to say <laughs> completely stupid. you make all the Bears fans pretty mad yeah, here? I hope. I hope because it's the dumbest thing ever that they're fighting so hard to stay in the heart of downtown Chicago, which obviously has a couple of good things, but the stadium's awful. The only thing you're going to do by putting a dome over it is that it doesn't look like a UFO landed in downtown Chicago. There, <laughs> there, there is no good to it, I don't think. I, If you're going to spend – and how much money was the dome going to be? Uh, the estimates so far – now, I mean, these are pretty wide-ranging, but, you know, mm. they – they're they're in I think the study phase. They're estimating sure. anywhere between four hundred million to one point five billion dollars to put a dome on Soldier Field. <laughs> if you give me one point five billion dollars and I own the Bears, I'm moving out to Arlington Heights where that money will go further anyway, and I can start from scratch and I can build a beautiful monstrosity that can host the <laughs> the, the NCAA Final Four. They can host concerts. They can do a whole lot more than what Soldier Field can do just so you put a top on it. I don't think putting a top on it makes any more lucrative or attractive. I think that – and then when you're in Arlington Heights or the – I'm sorry, a suburb – that hasn't been officially announced. I think that you're well, obviously going to be able to have more. <laughs> yeah, I think it's you're going to have more. We know it's we know it's Arlington right. Heights at this point, but go ahead. You're going to have more parking. It's easier to get to. You're not going to have the traffic of a downtown Chicago. Which, mm-hmm. thank God, that stadium is as small as it is. Because if it was any bigger, imagine having more traffic to try and oh, get man. into those games. I so I so I don't think the dome is even a real thought. I think that's like a last ditch effort to try and sell the bear staying downtown, which it's means another nothing. Band-Aid. It's another Band-Aid yeah. is what it is. And like you said, it's it's such a horrible stadium as it is. And I have been there both from a fan standpoint to watch an NFL game as well as a media standpoint. It was there for the Shamrock Series game against Miami. Gosh, I guess that's been 10 years ago now. 
already but right you know the, the yeah, media, was 12 <laughs> the media setup inside you know that renovated thing that they did is not good the look no. is not good the amenities are not good they're horrible and in, in 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 soldier field they just need to face reality that place needs to go there's a reason the bears want to get out of there it is a horrible right. stadium you know it's it's kind of a cool location because because you're right there on lakeshore drive you're by the lake and all that stuff but that's really all you've got going for it. it it needs to be completely torn down and and start over if they wanted to stay there again putting a dome on it is not going to help anything because like you said they think they're going to get final fours and all that kind of stuff the bears are going to have a you know assuming that they do move out which is you know it's all pointing in that direction right now which is why the city is talking about doing this but they're going to have a much better Obviously, brand new dome stadium out there in the suburbs. You'll get to do things like host Final Fours and monster truck shows, you know, all these different things. I, I just think they're going to be much better off moving out to the suburbs than than even considering putting a dome on top of Soldier Field the way it is right now. Do you think that the NFL would ever have a Super Bowl in an arena that sits 60,000 people? No, no. And a dome doesn't add seats. But if you right. move out and you build your own stadium and they could have 80, 90, who knows, however many, plus the money will go a little bit further than downtown rent property. I think it's it's just a slam dunk to move out and build yourself a Superdome, like kind of like what the Rams and Chargers have out in L.A. The mm-hmm. NFL, I'm sure if you commit to moving out and you commit to so many seats and moving, they'll guarantee you a Super Bowl at some point, even though winter weather climate, I still think they would because it's Chicago. So I think there's just no reason not to want to move out there and get it started as early as possible. Adding a dome to anything doesn't, all you're doing is putting a cap on the dome to get it out of the way. I agree. Let's, uh, let's leave it at that for tonight. Bobby, always fun talking to you as always. I'm serious about that movie night though. Pulp Fiction, <laughs> little Pulp well, Fiction movie night. I've got the DVD. Who watches DVDs anymore? Anytime you want. Well, not very many people. But, you know, the other thing is it's been on cable quite a bit. I mean, if if you don't want to watch the DVD, I can I can find it on my cable and record it and have it on the DVR anytime you're ready. So I definitely don't want to watch a censored version of it. Well, I didn't say censored version. I would I would get you. Oh, you, you get know, the like, premium channels. It's, yeah, it's been on the it's it's on the premiums. It's on the premiums. So yeah, well, as long as we can ready. watch one episode of Lost right after it, then I'm in. <laughs> well, again, I've got the DVDs. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Great show, guys. Appreciate it. CML. Thank you. Thanks, Thank guys. You guys. No problem. We do appreciate it. So, yeah. uh, good to have you guys here. This is, of course, the last IB Nation Sports Talk show of the week. We're, we're wrapping up our first month of the show right now and this month has flown by in cml bobby he says pulp fiction Fiction. is a must (laughs) and i cannot disagree with that so well look for our review of that movie coming soon that's right hey don't forget throw us likes on youtube uh, subscribe on youtube and uh, rate follow all that good stuff as well man garen getting one in before the buzzer great talk guys appreciate it garen wow knudsen throwing us Throwing us 20. Do appreciate it. Alan, That's good awesome. com- great conversation. Appreciate it. But uh wow. yeah, so thanks to all you guys. You uh you definitely uh you know we we uh 
we keep an eye as much as we can. We try to get some of the comments on YouTube into the show, but uh, it's it's hard for Sean to read the comments when he's eye rolling me all the time because his eyes right. go up and not that's down right. in your comments. So it that's looks my like fault. Things got, but things got fairly spirited there at the end. So uh, I'm glad that everybody <laughs> could uh, could kind of come to some resolution there at the at the end. We can all we can all at least agree. I think independence is the way to go as long as possible right independence week in america (laughs) there you go there you go today we declare our independence day that's another have you seen that one independence day i I don't know why you asked me these questions no i have not what movies did you watch before you knew me that's what i want to know because i can think of at least 30 movies that you ultimately had to watch because you know me because we yeah. used to do a movie I mean, podcast show together. I, the guy who never watched a movie apparently was doing a, a sports movie podcast a while back. Well, I like I really like the movie Jerry Maguire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like the movie For Love of the Game. I liked a lot Major League. You know, Mighty Ducks was a great sports movie we uh-huh. never got to. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, have a great weekend. We will talk to you Monday, Bobby. I'll I'll talk to you in a week on IB Nation Sports Talk. All right, can't wait.